What's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret, back with Mr. Alexander Felice. Long time no see, Mr. I live in Maui now because I picked up my entire life Excellent. in like two weeks' notice and moved across country. How are you doing, hard to buddy? It's complain when you live here. The weather's Jeez. perfect every day. Baller life status. Good. Glad to be back. <laughs> Glad to have you back. And today's guest is uh, – this one's actually – well, I, I should stop saying guests are exciting. This one's terrible. <laughs> Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle 1, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger. Vic one, Oscar Mike. Not exciting because yeah. if I say they're all That's... exciting, then no one's exciting. No, this is so. This is Rich Cardona, Rich uh, Huey pilot, former Marine Corps Huey, Huey pilot. Which, if you've ever heard me talk about Hueys, you know they're my favorite helicopter because you get to ride in the side and hang out the aircraft, which is awesome. Totally got out of the Marine Corps, did the corporate thing for a little while, got sick of that and started producing content and by producing content mm-hmm. i mean at a very large scale for podcasts such as the leadership locker and nfts for newbies which are both podcasts that he made top 100 and he's been lucky enough to have guests such as you've probably never heard of any of these guys but like gary vaynerchuk or patrick Bed david and some of these other really small names on some of the shows that he's run uh but he's just crushed it in the content realm and uh you know, we, we connected online and I was, I've had a couple different people actually through time introduce me to Rich and I was nice. like, dude, I just want to get to talk content online because Alex and I both love talking content as of late and uh, I like Marines because, you know, Alex is army. So I bring Marines on here to just annoy him and here we go. So Rich, thanks for joining <laughs> us, buddy. I'm thrilled to be here. I, and Alex, I, I like being that, the smart one. My wife's in the room. army, so you're probably cool too. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> there's always I, there's 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 always the back and forth. But yeah, I'm, dude, guys, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I am jealous that I'm not in Maui. So congrats on that awesome move. And David, dude, thanks for having me on. I'm ready to give your audience everything I possibly can, however candidly I can. Rich, and let me uh, dude, let me jump right in this. here. I, I moved to Maui to create a video podcast, high production quality video podcast for a guy named Brandon Turner. He was the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast uh, over the last ten years. They did a hundred million okay. downloads. He wrote five books, a um, couple of bestsellers, and he's like, "I want to start a new podcast and I want Jeez. a high production quality." And so I come out here, but it, that's like the short version the backstory to that is for the last three years uh, i've been doing video uh, production just as a passion project i love it i love cameras and every single probably three times a week an entrepreneur will call me up and they'll say i need you i need you full time i need you to make picture take pictures i need you to help me create marketing i need you to help me do video um i need to do a video (laughs) podcast i need shorts i need a full-time video guy on staff and i will pay you a high salary to come out here and they have a very hard time finding you know somebody like me creative directors and i imagine somebody like like you i'm not exactly sure what you do but what i've been telling people is um and this is what i want every entrepreneur to know this is what i want everybody Mm -hmm. to um that i say on the internet just about every day now is that this is coming fast the what i consider to be the merge of creative people 
and entrepreneurs. I know it is content, but it's 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 more than just content. It's creativity, and this yeah. merge is coming. Yeah. And I've been saying this, and I'm trying to start a, a community of entrepreneurs and creatives that can yep. get together. And and then I I hear you're coming on, and I look you up, and I'm like, you're doing the. I believe you believe the same thing. So I'd love to hear that's sort of where my, my head is at. I'd love to hear where, what your thoughts are on that. Sure. I mean, like, let's start with being an entrepreneur. It's like, okay, if you're an entrepreneur, you're, you know, the, the principles of business would say the first thing you should be worried about is lead generation, right? So how are you going to generate leads, man? Like if you're a startup bootstrap entrepreneur, if you're a veteran transitioning and you want to start your own business or whatever it is, that's the first problem you got to figure out, right? Well, not the first problem, but what's your service or what's your product? How are you going to reach people? Like, dude, like no one wants to pay for ads. Like it's so completely unpredictable. You're at the mercy of a social media platform, which even if you're doing things organically is completely questionable, right? Like on what you're going to get. So you have to ask yourself, it's like, okay, what's the best thing I could do to get in front of people? Uh, what's the easiest way to get in front of people? What's the reach? What are the capabilities? And a lot of that is just going to default to creating content that's revolves around your expertise or your service or your product or whatever. And then you got to do the freaking problem of choosing, well, which platform, you know, oh, Oh, there's Facebook. Yeah, but there's TikTok, dude. TikTok right now is like, but YouTube's a search engine. Pinterest, people are sleeping on Pinterest, but you got to have a podcast because that really, that, that's really intimate, right? Like you want people to feel like they're in the car with you listening to you. It's just like, it's just like this kind of like, um, cyclical pattern of, of trying to figure out what's best, but you have to pick one. And the reason you have to pick one of these and you should use these marketing channels, uh, at least one of them as a main channel is, is because this is how you're going to reach your audience the best. Word of mouth um, is, is by far the biggest compounding way to get interest. But the only way that's going to happen is if you're creating something, in my opinion, long form, which is exactly what you're doing, that you can that you can repurpose in multiple ways across different platforms, uh, whether it's the images, whether it's a sh uh, the media clips, whether it's a blog or whatever it is. But like, what is the thing that can help you create that content machine? That's either going to be YouTube or it's probably going to be a podcast or even TikTok, I guess now is doing like 10 minute. Uh, you can you can make TikToks that are 10 minutes long. Right. So it's like what is going to be the, the what juice is worth the squeeze and the long form content is it. And that is, as you know, Alex is like, that's the test. Can you talk about things at length for, you know, at length about on very granular levels about your expertise? You know, can you talk about servant leadership? Uh, you know, can I talk about freaking personal branding? Uh, can David talk about real estate? Like all these things, like that's the real test. That's where I think long form content separates the pretenders because anyone can make a 60 second freaking reel about some bullshit they don't really know about period, point blank. And they could follow the system, do the algorithm. They could have the graphics and have the sound effects. And it's like, cool. But you know what, dude? Like what's really paying you is, is like, I know people right now that I, I know a guy who got 10 million views on his Facebook reels the other month. And he showed his, what he got. And it was like 30 something bucks, 10 million views on YouTube. Another story. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about like, it, it's a so anyway, you just have to look at it. And then podcasting, obviously, there's sponsorship opportunities, monetization from some of the platforms. So to to answer your question, like I know that was a lot in a way, but dude, yes, it's coming. Like if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a social media have social media presence or edu educational contents or anything that is like breadcrumbs to what you do and why you do it, then you're probably gonna be 
sitting around just like everyone else and not really making moves and just thinking about the content you want to make or thinking about why it's a pain in the ass or thinking about the gear or thinking about you don't have time to record. And if that's the case, you're making it easier for people like us. And just for anybody who heard that and is curious when he says a whole nother story, depending on what kind of content you're filming, 10 million views on YouTube is probably anywhere well, from 15 to like $90,000 like in ad alone because <laughs> alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, we so. have this really, <clears throat> there's two points you made. You, you said, Hey, you got 10 million views, Bill only made 30 bucks, but there's another side of this where our culture is sort of, um, and I think this is why TikTok has been so, let's say exciting, right. In short form video, because it is exciting to get a lot of, if you can make, if you can pack a lot of value into 30 or 60 seconds, like that's a very hard thing to do. So I, I respect it. And if you can do it consistently and get a lot of, uh, not just a lot of views, but provide sure. a lot of value 60 seconds at a time, it's a tremendous skill, but it is, it is very difficult. Um, but the interesting thing is we sort of did this race to the bottom of the attention span, right? And so now, like, you know, I hear on, on Instagram, it's like, hey, we're really favoring three to six second clips. Totally. And I'm like, you can manufacture the views really high because you only need three seconds of somebody's time. Right. But, but are you actually getting, um, what is their yes. emotional buy-in or their, even their, like, um, their brand buy-in when somebody listens to you for an hour on a podcast, it's like, you don't actually have to, I don't want to say you don't have to provide an hour's worth of value, but it doesn't have to be every 30 seconds is something lightning monster. You're getting a lot more emotional buy-in because people don't work in 60 yes. seconds, human beings as a, you know, we don't really work in 30 second or 60 second clips. We work with, you know, we have mannerisms and we think and we take our time. And so when somebody listens to you for an hour, they buy into your personality in a much deeper way. And so I think, you know, podcast, I don't, I don't know the data on this. I'm just speculating. Um, and I'm curious to know if you have data that I don't is I think we did this rush to TikTok because they're like, look, you can get all these views, but I'm like, what, what are you, what are you getting from the customer or from the listener? Are you, you're just getting one little, I'll watch you once for 10 seconds and then move on. Whereas a podcast, I think you get a lot deeper buy-in. Oh, shoot. I'm just going to let the two of you talk for 40 minutes of this show and I'm still going to get some buy-in out of it. So there's your proof. <laughs> Here's what I think about that. Like, I, you know, when you're transitioning, you, like, I think whenever you go to some of the absolutely poorly run programs that help us get prepared in the last couple of weeks before we get out, uh, you know, practicing your elevator pitch. I've always thought that was the stupidest fucking shit on earth because I'm like, no one gets hired in an elevator. And two, like, come on, man, like, just think about it. So number like, so what you're saying is exactly right. Like you could get a snippet, but these are news feed platforms, which mean your, your content goes to die, right? Like it goes to die within 24 hours and you are on the hook for making sure you continue to do it over and over. And just like you said, man, like it was pack it into 60 seconds. Then it's like, well, it's more like 40 seconds now. And it's like, it's like, dude, like, what do you expect us to do at this point? So the amount of value you could provide in that short amount of time is also forgettable in that short amount of time, because I'm looking at the next post. I'm looking at what LeBron did last night, or I'm looking at what Elon said about this. So that's, that's ridiculous. And as far as like 60 minutes, like if, if Alex D DM'd me a viral video I would watch it and that'd be cool. But if he sends me a podcast, he's trying to tell me 
that this is worth 30, 40, 45 minutes or 50 minutes of your time. And he's going to be on the hook for that because if you waste my time, I'm going to be pretty pissed at Alex. That's why I like podcasts and YouTube videos. Like they got to be recommendable, right? Like it, you don't have to provide value the whole time, but what you can do is storytell. You can build it up. You could have lessons throughout. Like there's so many different variables in long form content. And I always like to say podcasting is the most intimate form of marketing because like, we just chill and we just talk. Like I, I have a better vibe. If I'm listening to this podcast, people have a better vibe of who you are, Alex and David and me or whatever. And that's what people want. It's, it's not as fast and it's not algorithmically based. No one, especially on podcasts, no one goes to Apple Podcasts and just scrolls and looks at a fucking cover art and is like, that looks good. I'm going to give it a shot. Like that's not how it works. Like you got to be vetted by someone essentially. So like there, ha like that is a demonstration of clear long form content's value if you do it right. So well, that's, that's where I'm at on that. And another, this actually kind of goes a little further back in the conversation, but uh, you mentioned, you know, that a really valuable piece of, for marketing is word of mouth. And one of my absolute favorite I mean, I guess you could say entrepreneur, business owner, content marketers, whatever. Alex Hormozzi, right? I love Alex's stuff right now. He's mm -hmm. blowing up all over the internet, but I love it just because it's just packed with value. And, and he, you know, the stuff that he does, he produces is really good. And he's always talking about how word of mouth is the most important and most efficient way to grow a business and how if word of mouth is working against you, you're going to be fighting the growth of your business the entire way. Like... He's like, you can do, be the most efficient marketer in the world, but if word of mouth is working against you, then every time you increase your ad ROI, you're still going to be fighting in a vacuum and you're going to be marketing 100%. in the same group. And, and so, you know, for somebody who has built several very successful businesses and talks as much as he does about the importance of word of mouth, all of that resonates. And then what has he done? He's sold his businesses and gone all in on content. And I think that alone kind of speaks to exactly what we're talking about and the value of it. If he's recognized, hey, wait a minute, what's probably one of the most efficient ways to scale word of mouth organically? Make shareable, valuable content that people are willing to push around. He's, I mean, he has a podcast uh, that was also a keynote. It was like, attention is a new oil. And it's like, it's literally a script on how he flipped his mindset from paid ads, which is what made him his fortunes, to now how he could see the long tail effects of what all the organic brand building content he's doing right now and how it's going to pay dividends. Like, it's going to be just the most massive upside for someone who's already got like all the upside, right? Like this is a dude who, who didn't... Um, promote his book, which I'm looking at right now, $100 million offers. He just decided like, I don't even know if I'm going to do anything. And then he just kind of put it out, no dollars behind it. And it blew up. I think it's at like 12,000 Amazon reviews right now. And the, the reason I know that is because I saw Patrick Bet David put something out recently uh, about your next five moves. And he's like, Hey, we're going to order more. I'm doing some signed copies. He's like we just crossed 5,000 reviews. And that was a book that was promoted heavily. Okay. So like, Alex knows what he's talking about clearly because he's got more than double the amount of Amazon reviews for something he literally put no money behind, except what he did do was just put time and time and time and time and time into it to make it like a memorable book. And that's exactly what happened. So 
that that kind of line of thinking is what's going to separate people um, who are doing what we doing uh, or who who are doing what we're doing from the people who are just not going to be able to stomach like the long game of of content. Which I just don't think it's going to go away, man. Like I just cannot foresee a future where people aren't going to have to see or listen or read about your stuff in order to kind of find out who you are. And I always like to say, it's not who you know, it's who knows you, right? Like, like it's just the way it is, man. Like, how are you going to get... Dude, I love that. And no, somebody, I this recently is heard, the they said, social media is dead. Now it's just media, right? And and I and I and that really hit me, actually. I think it might have been Gary Vee said that. And I, it really hit <laughs> me because well, I don't really use Instagram for networking so much um i use it i kind of i kind of hate it these days because now my just a personal complaint is everybody wants to teach me something and sometimes that's just i'm like how's everybody an expert this is a little bit annoying and so there's a there's a piece of that but the reality is there is there there is value that rises to the top you know um and like like this gary v piece of content he's like it's just media now and i look at you know the old ways of advertising um if you want to go you know back to when i was you know younger it was it was, um, you know, print, magazines, billboards, radio, and it's like no one considers that yeah. yet, right? But at yeah. the same time, right? At the same time, now people go, they, they all know social media, but they think, like you said, paid ads. And this switch to, um, to to organic content, it's so interesting to me because five years ago, everybody sort of knew. They're like, oh, content's the future. I, I have this, this is just my anecdotal experience, but the contents of future, contents of future, podcasting was blowing up, right? YouTube was, I mean, these are all, these are all things that already existed, but they're like, yeah, it's coming. And then somewhere around the last 12 to 18 months, everybody like, it was like a snap. Maybe it was yes. COVID. I don't know. But every snap, like, oh, it's here and we're behind already. And I don't know what took the mindset shift and, and not everybody's gotten there, but even people now who have <laughs> never really wanted to do content, they don't like being on video. This is they're like, we have to, we have to start a podcast because this 24 seven i'm on my phone and you only need to get and this is where the short form right i do think is valuable is you need to get one clip of you know i've never listened to an alex Hormozzi um podcast or really i've only watched a few youtube videos but you see those shorts and you're like wow that was punchy and it becomes a lead magnet for the longer form content which becomes then now you're now you can sell them anything if you can 100%. get them onto the long form then they buy in emotionally. And, and if you can get them, you, you hook them with the short form, let's say. I agree, but I, I just, it's it's really, it's really challenging to have faith in short form. It's really funny what you said. I've been trying to make educational content on Instagram as if somehow I'm gonna catch up and Instagram's gonna reward me, which it never has. And you're right, man. It's like, dude, what, I literally have to like ask myself, and these are the tough questions you have to ask yourself as business owners, and you guys know this, it's like, like what's the real reason I'm doing this? And like, I could tell you right now, I've had a conversation with my team today. I'm like, this is fucking completely ego driven bullshit. Like who, like I'm at 5,000 something followers on Instagram and I've been doing Instagram for like five years or four years. I didn't realize what the hell it was even when I was like out of the Marine Corps. And like, I'm like, even if I get to 20,000 followers tomorrow, what is that going to do for me? Like truly, because I don't even enjoy making that content, right? Like, like you guys enjoy making this content, which is why you're doing it. I enjoy making this type of content as well. But as far as, um, you know, everyone providing educational content, like the cat's out of the bag on that one. So everyone's like, I better teach something, you know? And that's when you get, it's just so oversaturated that it's just like, okay, let's separate the pretenders, go to long form in my opinion. Annoys me is all you got to do is say the wrong thing on one of those platforms and 
you know, I hate the like shadow ban phrase, like, <laughs> but God forbid that you say or do the wrong thing one time. And I've never been able to figure out what happened. Uh, but like on TikTok, I went from zero to 99.6 uh, in 13 months. And then I stopped at 99.6, you know, 99,600 followers in September. And I'm now down to 99.3. And that's, uh, you know, seven months. Haven't moved at all. And I'm still posting the same. It's like hit a wall. TikTok was like, nope, you don't get 100. And Instagram, I went from, you know, whatever to like 44.5. And I have not, I'm at 44.3 now. I have not. I, I hit a wall probably 17 months ago and Instagram like my engagement's still good like I still get yeah. tons of feedback and responses my I get over a thousand views a day on all my stories like I'm looking at everything and I'm like I can't I don't I don't grow but uh, the engagement's good it's better than people who buy all their crap and you know so I look at it and I'm just like you know and I look in my Facebook group I'm like I got a thousand people I get I get between one and two thousand people a month join my Facebook group, and That's ridiculous. and I'm like, my Instagram can't grow, but the people who own Instagram are pushing my Facebook group. It's just like it's just funny because it's like it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I put the same content here as I do there. You guys own this platform, so yeah, it's 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 interesting sometimes because you're like, I don't understand these things. I'm like, I put the same thing on four platforms. So the same company yeah. owns two of them, and on one of the platforms they own, they love me, and on the other platform they own, they hate me. And I'm like, ah, I don't. Know. So <laughs> let me tell you this: we went on, uh, we did our weekly analytics yesterday, and try, like like I have to be super transparent on this podcast. Like my my whole like content strategy is I've been focusing on my clients so much i kind of just like didn't give a shit about what i would what i was doing until i don't know a few months ago so now we've been tracking and all this other stuff and without fail almost every week like whatever was the top performing post on instagram was my bottom performing post on youtube shorts and vice versa and i'm like dude like this is ridiculous so everything you're saying um brings me to a point andy Frisella put this on his story yesterday about how this isn't real he's like on instagram talking about how instagram isn't real it's so funny and he talked about a book called the chaos machine you know and it's a, and i ordered it immediately and it's just about how social is like it's designed to make you feel exactly how you feel like now oh, let's throttle throttle it right here and this guy's just going to be making more content. He's going to he's going to feel like he's sucking, and he's going to just invest more time on here and then figure all that out. But yeah, it's 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 kind of what do you do in those situations when you feel like you plateau? It's like it's like you kind of, you have to reinvent yourself because the platform is telling you you need to. And I I think that's just like a dangerous place to be. And like Alex, you said you were working with Brandon Turner. It's like okay, like. If his stuff doesn't pop or whatever, like when does the desperation kick in, or when does the anxiety kick in, or when's he gonna be like Alex, like dude, make this work, like if that were to happen, it's it's crazy, dude. Uh, so yeah, I think the Facebook group thing you got going on though, I think that's solid, man. I mean, like you know, to join a Facebook group at this day and age is kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like. Dude, I don't need another group. I, I try and get out of all the groups if possible. There's very few that I'm in, and I'm David's active group, in them, and everyone David's else is, is, and that really makes good, me feel good. Actually. But that's that's um, solid for you. But uh, it's so funny. <laughs> I will. Um, Rich, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because um, I have a sort of – I'm a humanist, right? I love people. I love human beings. I love sort of the organic uh, nature of human beings. And then we have this algorithm or these algorithms, and we all know what that word means. We don't have – nobody has any effing clue what those algorithms do, but – there are some interesting, if you're paying attention, um, there are some interesting little um, 
um, choices it makes. For example, on Instagram, I know that if I if I hit a, a, a reel that hits like a thousand, it's like a little barrier at a thousand views. If it goes over a thousand views, then I'm probably going to get four or five thousand. If it goes over four or five thousand, I'll probably get fifteen thousand. But there are these little benchmarks in there, and it decides based on um, whatever it decides on who who likes it or who, and all these little things. And I'm trying to think of what Instagram would want. Instagram would want me to have anxiety to go make another one. It doesn't want everybody to sh to see my best content. That's not really what it's, um, how do I say it? It's not, it's best interest is not it sharing my content around because my content's value, valuable. It's best interest is giving me and messing with my ego in a way so that I put more stuff on platform. So, yeah. Correct. And to help you think outside the box and do something different. So that way it looks like the person who, it looks like the platform that came up with some different style. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it forces creators to get more creative in the worst way. So that way, like Instagram is responsible for a new trend that's going to last for fucking four weeks before everyone else is doing it. And you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. Like it's so funny. Like I love content and here we are bashing the hell out of it, but like, you just have to like put up your boundaries, man. Like you have to put up your guardrails and understand what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. But being a slave to an algorithm is, I cannot tell you how many masterminds I've been in or conferences or whatever. And they're like, this is what Instagram wants, or this is what YouTube wants. But at some point today, <laughs> yeah, today. And you know what, man, like we, the three of us come from a background where it's like, we were told what to do, how to do it and whatever. And at least it was for like the greater good. And there was a mission and all that good stuff. Second, but like when it comes to second. social, no, 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 I'm going to push like, back on that. I thought we you. were here to make Instagram money. <laughs> Isn't that what we're here to do? Yeah. We're just like, let me feed that machine. No, uh, obviously just joking. Um, yes. Uh, the moment the moment that TikTok got threatened to be banned, Instagram and Facebook shut down monetization on their reels. So their their lobbying yeah. worked, and definitely not a coincidence or a conspiracy at all. Because um, this is something that I, no, I'm I sort your of Facebook group right I, I, now. I'm, I'm certainly not <laughs> oh, an idealist in life. Um, and I'm not even that much of an optimist, but I do have hope. And so I have this hope that um, <laughs> I have this hope that. I'm disagreeable. He's so something though. Whatever, whatever you yet. guys think is going to happen, I'm going to do the opposite. It's going to happen. Podcaster. Um, so right now, you know, everybody's uh, doing this. What you said earlier, which is, what does the algorithm want? How do I feed the algorithm so that I can get clicks and likes? Which is so ego. It's so much ego driven, and and some of it's trying to systemize creativity, which is also uh, in, impossible in many ways. Um, but but what's going to happen over the next um, say ten years? Because yes. I have this hope that people will rise to the top of people-driven content. And and you kind of alluded to this earlier about like, uh, about word of mouth. So, you know, does Alex Hermosi, right? Is he the, is he making the most creative content, right? Or is he speaking to human beings in the most valuable way? And like, it's sort of like overrides the algorithm. And so is that part of it where, yeah, where, you know, if you are putting out yes. actual valuable content, if you're trying to tr chase trends, then you have to be the best at, trend chasing but if you want to put out valuable content for human beings and it's really actually valuable yeah, sucks. will that rise to the top above the algorithm over time do you believe that i think simplification is the is the strategy going forward for a lot of people in the next 10 years like complicate anything that's complicated means it's an opportunity like 
who's the doctor who can make content about getting through med school without like wanting to just quit a million times? Like who's the person who can help give you that strategy? Who is the podcaster who can make it not about the tech, but about your delivery and about the storytelling and about making sure it's longevity and packing, you know, a podcast episode very tightly knit where it's, it's constant value almost across the board. So simplification of complicated things are what matters most. I mean, this is why financial channels, the good ones do pace CPMs uh, are on, on YouTube is like ridiculous. Like I got a friend of mine who's in credit repair. Uh, he started Instagram 18 months ago. I think he crossed $200,000 very recently, got 100,000 subscribers, but it's like Instagram is like, we're going to pay you more because this is valuable content because a lot of people want to get in front of it, right? So it's like, what is complicated that can be turned into simple? Someone like Alex, someone like uh, Gary Vee or whatever, the more they can simplify things, the better it's going to be. So like, I think that is the play. And we've been trying to, you know, really work on that, like, the content you don't think people need is probably the content they do. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like you, there's this uh, Navy SEAL I interviewed. His name is Rich Davini. And he was talking about, uh, you know, essentially like a CQB qualification course or, or something along those lines. And, you know, there's people going through it. And the last question they would ask when it was like, kind of like a board at the end where they're asking questions, tough military tactical related questions. His question, he said, was always like, do you know how to ride a bike? Like, yes. He's like, teach me how just with just by telling me and he's like people would freeze like you're talking about like stellar freaking lieutenants captains whatever they would freeze because they just know how but they can't explain it that's the freaking difference right now is like can you explain to someone how to ride a bike you know can you explain this tough content so that's what i think the future is going to hold and obviously we've all seen and i have some content coming out later about this about chat gpt and all this other stuff and this is to your point alex about humanization it's like dude yes uh you know open uh, like open ai and all that kind of stuff there's probably a lot of copying copywriting jobs that are going to go away marketing jobs and this and that or people making you know drafting your posts for you and all that other stuff but nothing will replace human interaction so what can you do to enhance human interaction when it actually happens in the future or what can you do best to simulate it like how can you draw people into your content to make it literally feel like they're talking to you you know something as simple as looking at the camera right like little little things but uh one thing I want to mention about podcasting is like some of those guests that I was telling you about, like I made it a point to be in person because that would make me more memorable, you know, if possible, like I'm not going to pass on that opportunity. So I'm like, Oh, thanks. You said, yes, by the way, I'm coming to you for this. We're not doing this over Riverside or something like that. So that way, at least I had a chance to have a little bit of a bigger impact, but it's a human interaction. It was a human interaction. It was cool. I got to bring them like maybe a squadron patch or something like that. All those little things are the things that were, continuously now more and more taking for granted. And uh, I mean, to your point, Alex, essentially like the humanization is, is not just about like how we could humanize the technological or content aspect of it, but it's like really getting back in the trenches, like, and, and just like actually physically talking to people. So even if you're a complete recluse like I am. <laughs> let me ask you about a trend then, because I, I see this trend coming in 2023 big time and we're trying to do our little part for it is uh, in-person group video podcasts. Three, uh, four, or five people. Uh, like how are big you, of a are you seeing this? Yeah, I mean, I am. Uh, I just, I think, like my church, for example, 
they have a amazing little podcast studio in like what used to be a storage room. <laughs> you would never know. Like it's set up perfectly. Like it is super well produced. And they asked me to come in and check it out. And what I noticed was they rotate hosts a lot and it's like five to six people. And if you're doing an hour long podcast or more, like everyone's going to want to get their two cents in. And I think sometimes there's just a little bit, not headbutting, but just as a little bit of overlap or someone making sure they get their time or maybe someone's over talking or I don't know what, but it could be a little messy. Full send podcast, for example, they, I think they have three people usually in a guest and sometimes it's enjoyable, but it, it has to be, there's gotta be some guidelines for that. Uh, I do believe it would be enjoyable, but That's for the point, listener, because- if I'm listening, I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. The video aspect, yes, but the audio part, like who's talking now or it's just probably a lot. No, I love that me. also because- I think it, less um, is more. Uh, to answer. That, that's you say it that way opinion. and then I think about it, I'm like, do you actually get to buy in to one person? Which is really where we're going with, I think all of content is, and I've said this for a long time and I think anybody, if you, if you I'll say it out loud, is like, you know, people are gonna be bigger than brands. You know, LeBron has way more followers than the NBA on Twitter, right? People don't buy Tesla stock. They buy Elon Musk stock. A million percent. Right? And then Tesla, you know, then it crashes 500% because Elon's, you know, he's unpredictable. Um, But but this has been happening for a long time. Um, (laughs) And so I do actually think in retrospect that um, if you get five people on a podcast and rotating guests, like who are you, who are you, what human are you buying into? And if you're just buying into a group of humans, I mean, that's much harder to to sort of like, oh, I'm going to get 20 minutes of this one person that I like. It's like, no, no, no. It's better if you have, you know, if they listen to the Military Millionaire podcast, they know they're going to get David if David's the host. They're going to get 30% David and 70% Alex if Alex is the co-host of the day, right? Something like that. But it's like, you know, over time, you're going to you're gonna buy into one or two people <laughs> um, rather than, than four or five. So that's actually really interesting you post that, that you said that. I, I just, I think you're right on that front. And I mean, it's just how many personalities do you need to get to know at once? Right. Like, and, and also what if you guys added a third person? Like I like Alex and I like David, but Stuart, he's just, I'm really not feeling Stuart. Like, dude, you just never know if that other person messes up the balance, even just a little bit, you might lose a listener. It might not be the value add that you want. So it just depends, man. It's, it's super tricky, but I, I, I'm kind of of the belief less is more. I also would say um, one thing people sleep on, this is just one podcasting thing that I've noticed is for interviews, interview podcasts, like a lot of people don't think they can do solo podcasts. So when I was like dry on guests or people were canceling on me left and right, I was like, oh shit. And I started making some solo episodes. And I, I'm like literally not exaggerating. Like some of my solo episodes did better than my episodes with PBD or Gary V. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, I appreciate that. So that was like a signal, but like, you don't want to rely on other people to carry the podcast. Right. So like, if you are an interview style podcaster out there or content creator, like just, just keep in mind that you probably have some things that people want from you not just your guests. Like I believe in being a conduit of information, you know, for your audience from the guest, you're the conduit, but you also have a lot and don't sleep on solo podcasts. It's a real easy way to obviously, I think you guys do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? Like, you know, if you guys were dry or something like that, it's like, cool, like easy Wednesday's just us or something like that. So, uh, there's just David, something I've learned our, um, and noticed with more, a lot one, of, uh, sorry, Dave, one more thing I want to ask you, myself as well. what's our rate for we, you and I have done a couple of podcasts where it's just you and me on the show. And I believe they've done well. And I'd, I'd be curious to hear the analytics on that because, which to me is always funny. Cause I'm like, who cares about just David and I bullshitting about, 
you know, basically what comes down to it, it becomes our personal lives, right? Like, hey, isn't this interesting? We're doing this this podcast. But that's the that that is a testament to the buy-in when people are like, okay, we love listening to Rich, right? But also, you know, I wonder how many people would listen to a David and Alex reflect on the Rich Cardona podcast next and just sort of do that like, hey, for every one guest, then we have a reflection episode and it's just us. And I wonder how much I, I do wonder what those dynamics are when you say like a solo podcast. Well, uh, if I'd been able to just talk without you asking the question, what I was going to say is that, uh, yeah, Alex and I've done a couple where it was just the two of us. I'd have to look at analytics to get a better answer, but, uh, they, we got decent feedback at least from them, uh, you know, where people reached out. So <clears throat> they were well received. Uh, they didn't bomb. Right. So, I mean, if they'd bombed, I would, we wouldn't have done them again. Uh, and I did, I just did, uh, the first ever like legitimate solo one on my own uh nice. somewhat recently just when alex was i think it was the same weekend you were in la and uh i was just like yeah i'm gonna film one um and i just answered a bunch of random questions that were in the facebook group and just talked for like 40 minutes and uh you know it, it I, I don't know that the i don't know the analytics on it but i mean same thing kind of well received one of the thoughts alex and i are looking to kind of revamp the show structure going forward and and uh dial down on it uh and just you know add more value to the show going forward and one of the thoughts that i'd had we haven't talked about any of this but uh talking to a friend or two was you know potentially just adding in like a couple episodes here and there throughout the week where it's like maybe alex just records like a five or six minute like thing that he thinks of or it's just an alex clip and that's an episode that goes out on a day that's not a normal episode drop or a david clip or the two of us or like you there's shows where they do you know an extra episode or two a week where it's just a really small like five or ten minute thing that someone can listen to on a commute where it might even be just a audio excerpt from a youtube video that uh fits into a commute really well and i think that's kind of a cool thing to play with that we haven't messed with at all so some cool things yeah. that people are doing I have three thoughts on that. Um, I, I think what you think about is what you should talk about. Um, I, you know, within the parameters of the basis of the podcast, uh, like you said, like if I get on and start talking about like, man, my wife and I got a big fight the other day. It's like, uh, you know, like may, maybe it's relatable, but maybe not. But like what you think about is what you should talk about. We think about, I think about podcasting. I think about social media strategy. I think about networking. I think about business, whatever. That's one. Uh, the other one is, what you mentioned is like picking audience comments, questions to hone in on, I think is brilliant and not enough people do that. Like that's where all the gold is, right? Because they're not the only one with that question. So whether it's a comment and if you shout them out and that happens to show up on your Facebook group, like, Hey, you know, Tim, I answered your question. Like, that's like, that's like the best engagement, right? So there's that. And the third thing is, uh, there's a concept of a creator, her name's Sarah Dishi. A long time ago, she told me, she's like, one for me, one, or one for you, one for me. You know, like this is all about, uh, you know, a content that your audience wants and desires and then something that you want to make as well. But this is the kind of thing that will probably reduce the potential for burnout or for you to be like, you know what, I'm freaking done with this. Like you have to talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, and as long as you could do it intelligently or creatively or with storytelling or add in some of the things that will make it better content, that's what's going to make it more sustainable over time. 
there's a fitness guy I follow. His name's Jordan Syot. He used to be Gary Vee's personal trainer. And I had him on a long time ago talking about like, dude, I was in the best shape ever when I was deployed. Like it was crazy. And he's like, yeah. He's like, that's completely unsustainable. He's like, it was the most under the intense conditions. You know, you had this shithole gym that was 100 degrees or whatever, because it was basically outside, you know, and all this other stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, just craziness. I didn't have a choice. I couldn't go just like buy protein anywhere. I like had to eat what we used to call them hamsters, you know, the chicken cordon blues and stuff like that. So it was just like these, this very unique situation where I was like super jacked. And it's like, come, if I come back into civilian world, wife, children, job, whatever, um, you know, all these different factors, like it's not sustainable. So what is the way you can make it sustainable? And like those things that you're talking about is exactly it. And, and the quantity, I think in podcasting specifically, quantity can win like up to a point. I think like if you're at four episodes a week, that's crazy. In my opinion, I had a guy who's doing seven days a week and I was like, dude, you're in your Tesla with the worst connection ever talking about like for two minutes about something you really want us to edit this or how about you just fucking toss it? <laughs> Because it's not a value add. So there's a fine line, but those three things I think matter a lot. You know, it's like I did I did real estate for seven years. Now I'm I'm but going bananas on cameras and I've done it I've done cameras for six six years photos and three years video and I'm gonna probably do it for another five to five to six I'll do cameras for my whole life, but whether or not I you know have nice. the passion about content for the next ten or fifteen years, I don't know. But let me ask you about for our listeners, right? There's a, all our listeners are they want to buy real estate, right? They want financial freedom they're generally either in the military or um, they're, they're a veteran. Probably my guess is they probably recently exited based on our demos. And they're like, hey, I wanna do content because I know it's valuable. And so th the thought, I'm sort of generalizing, the thought goes, well, I want, um, I either want leads to buy houses, I want leads for somebody to buy a house from me, I want to raise capital from private investors. And so what I'm gonna do uh -huh. is I'm gonna make content um, that educates people on, you know, basically what I do, whether it's real estate or the market that I'm in or, or these sort of like around this idea. And what I find is, I, certainly for me, is that real estate is, and investing is a, is, a, is a medium, it is a vehicle to go do something else in life, almost always, almost always. I can't speak for everybody. Some people really like building businesses, yes. but even if they really like building businesses, yes. that doesn't mean they always want to build the real estate business. And so what do you say to somebody that looks at content solely as a marketing play, right? And they're like, I have to educate so I can build, know people know, like, and trust me, and I can build this, this um, you know, reputation. And then people will either invest for me, buy for me, or be a customer mine. But they don't actually give that much of a yeah. fuck about teaching real estate all day. And then they get burnt out because they talked about the wrong thing. So how can you bridge that sort of gap? That's tough, man. That's so many people. Um, the reason that's tough is because you have an expectation of what the content is supposed to do for you right away. And then you start asking yourself the ROI questions the, the you know, how much is this worth my time? Should I be spending time with my family instead? Or, you know, like, like, Dude, and even as someone who does this for other people and does it for myself, like you guys know the fucking deal, man. Like you, you say, damn, we got a podcast today. Even if it's like you, you ask someone to have a podcast, you ask someone to, I mean, you guys could have said that right before this show. Be like, man, I, I hope he cancels. That'd be awesome. So I can go fucking surf. Like, come on, man. So like, look, 10 times worse, 10 times worse. If you don't give a shit about what you're doing. Uh, truly, and if you expect some sort of monetary gain off of it. 
Like the minute content becomes something that is supposed to do something for you, it's probably going to go the opposite direction real fast. And your content is going to suck anyway, because you're not going to invest all the time you need to, to make truly educational content. Now, the other the caveat, Alex, I would say is if you're documenting the journey, that's different. Like I literally once had an idea with a friend of mine. It's like, dude, the VA sucks. Like, how can we make it easier? Like, let's walk, let's film us walking into the VA and be like, why do I need to fill this form out again? Or like, okay, like what's the cheat code? Like I need to find the coolest VA employee who's going to walk me through all the things that's going to get me hundred percent disability, <laughs> right? Like who, like who's, who are the people out there who could do that? That is documenting the journey because like you truly don't know and you're just uh, allowing other people to guide you. That I believe is a different. But if you just want like real estate as a medium or content to act as a medium for real estate to act as a medium for you to get financial freedom, like there's already layers to that. That's just going to fuck you over in the long run. So I would just, I, I yeah. I love it so much. Uh, I, so I, I started my platforms. The from military to millionaire was yeah. literally me as a sergeant in the Marine Corps with one house when Brandon was Let's like, go. Do you want to learn about blogging so you can write a book? You should start documenting your journey in real estate. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Let me document shit. And it was like, my first few articles are like, how to use the advanced search features on Google. I learned this cool thing. You can use parentheses to do, you know, like shit, <laughs> just shit that I was learning. It's just me documenting whatever. And I totally. tell people that all the time online. I'm like, dude, don't spend the money on the freaking brand shit and the fancy schmancy like branding guide and kit and editor and all this shit to make yourself look like an expert so you can sell stuff. Just totally. document what you're learning and document your journey yeah. because it's so much more valuable when you're starting out. Like I think, uh, you know, actually Hormozy says it like the idea that, uh, the reason, one of the reasons he's documenting as he's building out his content thing is he's like, what if Bezos or Musk had yeah. documented when they started Tesla or Amazon and they yep. documented the building of the company? I'm like, yeah, that's a cool yep. idea. That would be cool yep. to see. Yep. I, I completely agree. I mean, I also, I mean, to that point, it's, it's, a lot of us wouldn't do some of that now, especially if we thought we had a really, really high chance for success because it's like, Ooh, I don't want to give my secrets away. And now I'm learning like, dude, if you're able to make better content than the content people are paying for behind a paywall for that course or that whatever, then like, you're going to be on fire. People by default are going to be like, if he's providing this for free, what can I do? Or like, why would I not work with him? Why would I not join that mastermind or why would I not hire him as a coach or whatever? So I'm going to give you guys some freaking gouge that I got at a mastermind recently. There's a friend of mine who's in the real estate industry up in um, Canada. He's like, oh, I buy all my competition's courses. And he's like, and I see what the fuck they're talking about. And he's like, I just make better content. And we're, and a bunch of people in mastermind are like, dude, that's so cheating. He's like, this is capitalism. He's like, I'm raising the bar. He's like, I'm going to make better content than them. And his stuff is solid, super high quality. And he's got the Lambos and stuff to prove it. And he, he's proud of what he, his cars and shit like that. But he's proud of it because he had posts about it from 2017. He's like, I'm going to drive this by this year. You know, so that's like kind of like seeing it come to fruition. But I don't think he's uh, super material, materialistic or anything like that. He's proud of what he's done, but he also wants to raise the bar for the industry or the type of content that, is such that a the industry is making. Idea. And I'm like, yeah, I never thought that's of it. such a like good that. idea. I've never done and that. I was like, that's savage. I love it. It is, dude. It is. I mean, he's shameless. And I'm like, but he doesn't look at it like he's 
doing anything wrong. And I don't want to say he convinced me that he's not, but like, of course, like you don't think NFL teams watch tape all day on, you know, during the week for the team they're playing Sunday. Of course you are. So it's like, yeah, man, like that's a, that's a course he's, he paid them. They made their money. You know, they should have (laughs) charged. I don't, I'm sure there wasn't a button that said, Oh, we gotta pay. You gotta pay more if you're you don't gonna think target you know, be a walk into a and, million and, Walmart yes. before they <laughs> launched to say like, what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? Like, let's go investigate our right. Or uh, my favorite yes. one is um, people go, how come you uh, yes. like you know gas stations are always next across the street from each other, or a McDonald's and a and a Burger King are always next door to each other? And I'm like, oh, because one of them did all the market research, built the company, built the thing, and the other one said. If customers are, we know that they know the customers are there we'll save money yes. we'll build one right next door we don't have to do all the same market research i mean no no i mean anybody who thinks you said savage you know anybody <laughs> who thinks this is unethical is is out of their fucking mind i mean this is just smart business you have to know what your competitors are doing and then you should outcompete them and if again if it's it'd be one thing if he was stealing like hey yes. i'm gonna steal all my uh but but yes. stealing is unethical no matter what the purpose so if you buy the product totally. yeah it's good my media yes. kit, my podcast guest page, my about yeah. me—they're all yeah. modeled after up my influence, Josh. Like, and he was the one who told me he's like, "Dude, just go go take mine and repurpose it for your stuff because it works." I'm like, "Oh." The most successful people, the most successful people, are happy to give you the cheat codes. In my in my experience, like I literally have a call in a little while, like about five minutes from now, with uh, someone who's absolutely way further ahead than me and younger than me um, in podcasting, and I'm just like kind of astounded. And she's open for calls anytime, and she's like, "Oh, she's like, yeah, hit me up." I'm like, "I got this pricing question because this is something I keep running into." She's all about it, but people who are like kind of on yeah, my level, this, are like, oh, this is man, what I love about like, the real estate industry. I don't know, I'll figure it out because uh, very, very <laughs> good. Right from the very beginning, when I found the real estate, you know, investing community, it's the most abundant mindset people that I've ever met. Whereas camera people, photographers are the most guarded set of people that I've ever met. They're like, oh, I don't want to teach you how to use the camera as if they have some secret fucking, I'm like, look, Stun does all the hard work. Okay. You're not doing shit, right? You just point, (laughs) right? You you, you got a secret. It's very, it's very successful mindset. The more successful, the more abundant mindset people get. That's just sort of the nature of of what I've learned because they realize I'm like, I can tell you everything that I know, the likelihood that you're going to go off and do it. And then secondly, most of what I do is around my personal strengths and weaknesses. So like, I'll teach you what I do and then you have to apply it to your strengths and weaknesses, but you can't do what I do. Nobody can go with a camera and make what I make. I don't care if you know the settings or have the same equipment. We're going to totally. shoot different things and we're going to produce different things and we're going to say different things. Yes. And we're going to interact with people in a different way. No, so I can teach you everything because you can't be me. And if you take it and you do better than me doing what you do, I can't do that either because it's you. So, yes. And there's, uh, there's 8 billion people on the planet. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, if someone else has an audience too, like, I'm sorry, you're not going to, you're going to get 0.0000001% of them. Maybe. But yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm with that hundred percent. All right, Rich, I know you've got to run here in just a second. And I know we've we've probably spent the last, you know, 50 minutes beating the horse that there is no secret to this. Uh, but I'm going to ask you anyway, if there is a secret or what the one piece of advice, uh, you know, that you would give anyone who's looking to start the content journey or just grow their 
following? Uh, I would say I'll, I'll stick with video podcasting since that's hot right now. Uh, generally is like, I, I think take advantage of YouTube, YouTube. Uh, so Spotify has spent like over a billion dollars pushing podcast stuff for the last few years. YouTube is just now starting to invest in like select creators that have audio only podcasts. Um, and they're, I think have grants up to like $300,000 or something, but YouTube is just, just now putting money on it, which means video podcasting became a thing organically on the second biggest search platform in the world. It's owned by the largest one, right? So I would say if you're going to make content, absolutely double down and make it a video podcast. So that way, at least you could put it on YouTube as well. And hopefully you get discovered and then you could get in that whole fucking searchability game and all that other stuff as well. But uh, kill as many birds with one stone as you can. So like have that, have something that makes a content machine, a video podcast right now, if you're into what these guys are doing is exactly the way. And you could just repurpose it a million different ways. If you want to, you could ignore some of the short form content places if you want as well. But like if at least there's a repository for it and it's not going to disappear tomorrow, um, take advantage of it while they're pushing it. They're making new features, new pages on YouTube. You could upload podcasts to YouTube studio from your desktop. Like there's all kinds of things. And that's what we're kind of diving into right now, uh, as a team, just like really looking at all the ins and outs. Um, but I think, and that's what I'm going to do, obviously. So it's like, that's, that's where I'm going with some of the stuff we're going to make here shortly, but that's what I would say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's really no secrets, man. It's just like, I think Alex nailed it. It's like, everyone could do the same thing. We're just all going to do it our own way. And you'll win one way or another. If you're, if consistency beats intensity every time. So it's like, Rich, that's really, that's, that's the true name of the game, I guess. I love it. And where can people get a hold of you if they'd like to reach out? Oh, I hate Instagram, but you can find me there, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> at rich cardona underscore i'm on linkedin which which was what my breakout platform was so uh, rich cardona too, so you know oh dude man. me too uh, so, yeah man. rich 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 cardona uh, uh linkedin and uh there'll be podcasts out soon and i'll make sure i get in touch with these guys or now that i'm in the facebook group i'll go to the facebook group and give you an update there but i was absolutely honored uh, rich, to be in front of you hey, guys i mean i don't know you're, i know you're busy but i'd like to i'm gonna i have a good way of shoving my life into other people's lives so i'm just gonna I'm going to reach out to you on Instagram and sort of annoy you until, until we're friends. <laughs> Please do. Please do. It's the best um, way of describing it. That's yeah. exactly what he does. Yeah. I call really, Alex's really uh, networking style Stockholm syndrome. So <laughs> you're fucked now. <laughs> well, uh, yes, let's stay in touch for sure. Enjoy Maui. Dave, thanks for the invite. And like, I really, like I said, I, I really had a great time talking to you guys and absolutely let's stay in touch. Uh, happy to, talk Dave, about life Dave, thanks for letting me host the show stuff thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire if you liked it be sure to visit from military to millionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts while you're there we'd love for you to rate the show give us a review on itunes now get out there and take action